This episode is brought to you by Randy Crane from Mouseier Vacations. Randy is the answer to all your vacation needs. Visit Randy today at randyc.mouseiervacations.com. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Welcome to Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, Episode 111. For May 24th, 2015. Well, happy Memorial Day, everyone. Yes, happy Memorial Day. What does Memorial Day mean to you? (laughs) Well, to me, I just want to say a huge thank you to all the servicemen and women, both past and present, who serve or have served our country. And this episode is dedicated to all of you. That's right. Oh, and it's also another happy, happy anniversary, Joyce. Five years of tales. I know. Can you believe that we've been talking to... (laughs) To everyone for... For five years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, when we started this, it was just us talking... Well, at the time, we were just talking to one another. Yeah. But, you know, over the past five years, we have just, you know, been blessed with a group of awesome listeners Mm -hmm. and many that we have become friends with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we... Honestly, you know, Joyce and I started this podcast because we love Disneyland, period. We love sharing our love and magic for Disneyland with as many people as possible, and that's why we started this show five years ago. And we knew that there were like-minded people out there, and we, we kind of figured that, you know, we're going to probably touch the lives of some people. We'll get some people listening. But we, we, like Joy said, we are blessed. We are just absolutely blessed with so many people. We get... I, I, I'm telling you, um, I think the last time I checked, we're getting almost uh, fifteen to 20,000 downloads per episode. Yeah. Per episode. You guys are amazing. Thank you for letting us come into your home. And, and not in a weird way. You know, not in the creepy, uh, <laughs> you know, get a restraining order type of way either. But uh, we've, been, we've been so happy to, um, to share this stuff with you and... Even though we haven't been able to make it to the park in what feels like a hundred years, um, we still have a lot to talk about. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And what we don't know, we make up. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. But, you know, the, the whole concept behind the show was to, uh, you know, kind of reach out to people like us who couldn't get to the park every single day, like a lot of people can, and uh, maybe just like start some kind of podcast support group of sorts. (laughs) Oh, you know, speaking of support, I just wanted to Mm -hmm. say something. So um, as many of you know, I have been sick since the beginning of April. Right now, I think I sound okay. Yeah, you sound okay now. Um, But, um, you know, I, I just feel kind of emotional because during the time when I was sick and I could barely talk and, you know, still trying to record the podcast... I received so many nice emails and and messages yeah, from on Facebook with, and stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah, so I just wanted to say thank you for yeah. everyone. You guys, like I said, you guys are great. Yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, you know our five year anniversary um, podcast anniversary, let's call it. Um, we are for this episode, we're going to do kind of our old format. The, you know, the format that we started out with. 
with um, you know news reports. We're gonna do um, uh, attraction review. We're gonna do a, a food review, tips. We're even gonna share some hidden treasures. So that should be fun, huh? Yeah, it's gonna be lots of fun. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys are up for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, speaking of this episode, though, I mean, this is going to be a big show because we also have our good friend and sponsor, Randy Crane, on this episode. Uh, he's going to talk about the big Star Wars celebration that uh, recently happened over there at Disneyland. And Randy's got some pretty funny stories, didn't he? Didn't he have some funny stuff? He, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. He did have some really... <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. He did have some really funny stuff. Yeah. So uh, listen for that soon. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, well, okay. All right. Uh, we, we have a lot of friends who do podcasts and other things. And, and, and there's this company out there called Patreon. And it's kind of like, um, what would you say it's like, Joyce? Um, you don't um, like, maybe like GoFundMe in not, a way. Kind of like GoFundMe and stuff. But it's a little bit, it's just a little bit different. Um, and it's designed so, so you guys or anybody really. If you feel up to it, and if you feel like it's something you want to do, you can um, you can pledge to whatever organization. So Joyce and I started a Patreon account for people. You know, if anybody wants to to pledge, um, you know, anywhere from a dollar on up a month, uh, it would go so far to help us uh, keep this podcast going and, and keep our whole production uh, thing going. Because we have some big plans that we'd like to you know, to un- unveil to everybody. Uh, but like everything else in the world, it, it unfortunately takes money. Um, so if you'd like to be a part of the show and, and help us out, you can go over to uh, patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Storyteller Audio Productions. And you'll see our page there and, and what we're offering uh, everybody. And, and we even have some reward levels. Too. So if you want to donate, you know, so much per month, it's not going to be just you know giving money away blindly. Uh, we'll tell you what we're going to do with it. We're we, you know we'll we'll even have you on the show. Um, there's one level for that. So if anybody's interested, you know, we, we'd really appreciate it. We have some birthdays to talk about, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> A couple of our great podcast friends are celebrating their birthdays this coming week. Our good friend Ben Galejos. Now, you guys remember Ben. He's the one that sent us those, you know, he and his family sent us those cute mugs and and uh, Star Trek, the, uh, the the Blu-ray that not too many people like, but I loved. <laughs> uh, he's celebrating his big birthday on Tuesday. And Nick Atona is celebrating his birthday on Wednesday. Big Nick. Nick's a, a local boy. He's He lives here in Arizona. And uh, we want to wish you guys a happy birthday. So you ready, Joyce? Ready. Three, two, one. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> you guys. Happy birthday, you guys. Okay, how about you, Smeagol? Hey, happy birthday, you silly little guys. What's your birthday, precious? It's birthday. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to start cutting back on the caffeine content. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but anyway, happy birthday, guys. And if you are, or, or somebody you know is having a birthday and you'd like for us to uh, give them a big birthday shout-out, send us an email to talespodcast.cox.net. Yes, and for anyone else out there celebrating a birthday... If we um, didn't mention you, we're still 
giving you birthday wishes. Happy birthday, guys. That was Kate. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, time for decaf. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on in your world, Joyce? Not much. Just, Not much. Just, just trying, trying to, get to... You're trying to get better, huh? Just trying to get better. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. Tired of going to the doctor. Yeah. But at least I can talk without coughing. At least for a minute moment. or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if it's I do terrible. cough, please forgive me. Yeah, that's that's what the editing button is for. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we had some fun around here over the last week or so. Yes, we have. <laughs> we all. Do you want me this- to tell the first story? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, typically I get off work fairly early, and um, but you go in really early. Yeah, I do go in really early. But one day last week, I had to work late because we were doing interviews and we had to have like a, I don't want to get into great detail, but we had to have a debrief and it was like at the end of most people's work day, but not mine. So I had to stay in the office late and um, Al had some real exciting news from email um, while he was cooking dinner. So he went and answered his email and I've finished up dinner and I'm just daydreaming out the window and I see a flood. In our side yard. Yeah. So I run into the studio and I, I tell Al, the side yard's flooded. And he said, are the drips on? So the drip is our landscaping drip system, for those of you that aren't familiar with that. So I said, I don't know. So I went out and looked, and sure enough, they were. And he grabbed the shovel and went and dug up the side yard and found out that the tube... Is it a tube? Yeah, it's a land- landscaping tubing. Yeah. yeah. Um, that connects the drip system from the irrigation box thingy um, to we the backyard. Too technical. Yeah. So we had to shut off the water for a couple of days. Yeah, it had a big split in it. I mean, it yeah. was probably it's probably a good two-inch split. And water was... Uh, I'd never seen that much water pour out of a little tiny thing before. It's like, yeah. So I'm glad that... Yeah. Even though I wasn't real happy that I had to work late that day, I'm glad that that things happened the way that yeah. they did. Because had I not been staring out the window, looking at one of the pretty trees on the side of the yard, I would have never noticed it. And we would have noticed it when the water bill came and it was three thousand dollars. <laughs> like, True. Okay, what's going on here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I got that fixed yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, it was the Friday. day before. Yeah, I got that fixed on Friday and. It, and it was actually a quicker fix than I thought it was. I mean, it took me maybe ten minutes. But um, and then the next thing. Now this is all. This this stuff all happened within a matter of about a week and a half. Um, the the garage door opener broke. <laughs> it's like, oh come <laughs> on. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is gonna be fun. And on top of the garage door opener, there's like a little spindle, and that that snapped off of the drive unit. So I've been having to you know open the garage door manually. Yeah, I know. Back in my day, I used to have to open the garage door by hand. That's what Uh, mom and dad tell us. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what your mom and dad tell us. Yeah, but the garage door didn't weigh 4,000 pounds like this one does. So we had to order that part from uh, Amazon, and it should be here this coming week. So uh, in everything I've seen, you know, all the um, YouTube videos say it's a quick and easy fix. should take you no more than a half an hour. And I'm thinking, (laughs) right, (laughs) I'll be in there for four days trying to fix that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, to top it all off, our water heater stopped producing hot water. And, um, you know, we we didn't really want to have to address that issue because, you know, water heaters are extremely expensive. 
Um, so the first, I think it was the first full day without the water heater. You know, Joyce gets up in the morning, take her shower for work, and she said it wasn't that bad. I mean, it, it's, it wasn't really that bad. I think she was fibbing to me because when I took my shower later on in the day, <laughs> it was the fastest shower I'd ever taken because that was very cold water. Well, it wasn't like super bad. Well, probably because you had the last of the warm water that was in there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So we called the plumber. And uh, I called the plumber and he's, you know, telling us, okay, your water heater is, you know, almost 10 years or it's 10 years old about, um, and, you know, we recommend that you just replace it. And they go, mm, yeah, I don't have a thousand dollars to replace it right now. And then he said, well, the, the, uh, the alternative is to replace this, you know, other part. It's a control valve or something. And that'll cost you about $300 something. And well, have the guy come out, take a look at it. Turns out that the guy was running really late. He got to he got to our house really late and he was in a big hurry. He looks down there and he fiddles with it and he lights it. And it lit right up. But we couldn't get it to light. But I couldn't get it to light because I, I didn't know how I didn't know what I was doing, but I do now. And as he's running out the you know the garage door, he's saying, Typically we charge sixty dollars to, to relight your your uh, water heater, but I'm running late, so I went, Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then he was really nice. Yeah, and this he was. is a small local company. Yeah. Um Actually, I shouldn't say they're small anymore, but this is the second time we've used them. Yeah. And um, so then, even though he was running late, as soon as he got in his car, he called Al and he gave him like some more information and told mm-hmm. him, you know, this is what I did. This is um, what to look what you for, should look yeah, for and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, so uh, Pro Skill Plumbing. So shout out to them if anybody local is listening. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the joys of being a homeowner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Yeah, so this week uh, we got some fun coming up, don't we? We Comic-Con! Phoenix Comic-Con starts this coming Thursday. And Joyce and I, we have our media credentials um, waiting for us down there. So we'll be covering that for Tales. And and this will be both of our first Comic-Con experience. Yeah, I've never been to a Comic-Con. So so we were going to plan this all out, you know. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to cover this, 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 and this. But we decided, since this is our first Comic-Con experience... We are just going to go and experience it. We're going to, you know, cover things that we want to cover. We're just going to go, and if we see a panel or something that strikes our fancy, we'll go and we'll cover it. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some interviews, uh, maybe some sound bites and things like that. But um, look for some full coverage on some upcoming episodes of Tales from the Mouse House. Yeah, and and like Al said, you know, it's not until this coming Thursday, which is or five days from now, yeah, depending so. on when you're listening. <laughs> so, um, It could be three days ago, yeah, depending on when you're listening. So if you're listening before Thursday, like May 27th, I think is the date, and there's something that, um, that you want us to cover, just shoot us a quick email or send us a Facebook message, and we'll be glad to do that for yeah, you. Well, we'll yeah, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. So uh, finally, last thing, um, I have some audiobook uh, download review codes uh, for my audiobooks, if anybody's interested in listening to one of the books I I voiced, one of the books I narrated, I would be happy to give you a code, or actually I'll gift you the book, um, in exchange for an honest review. And I would love that, uh, to have you guys, you know, critique me and tell me what you think of what I'm doing. So what do you think? Since we've got such a huge show, you think we should get on with it? Actually, I have one more thing I want to oh. share first. Okay. Um, so for those of you that um, either like our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter, 
I don't know if you have noticed that I started doing three different um, postings. postings. So on Mondays, I do Monday Mickey Musings and, you know, just little tidbits about Mickey Mouse. And then on Wednesday, we do a Wed Wednesday. And then Wed is in W-E-D. Yeah. And then (laughs) on Fridays, we do Freestyling Fridays. Um, So I'm trying to... um, to get these, you know, to get more exposure to them. So um, if you have the time, please go over and um, comment, especially on the Friday ones. I'd like to see a little more interaction on yeah. those. So if you have the time to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. Groovy. Jelly Dude, stay tuned for Disneyland Resort News. My dad, Crush, totally loves this park. Hey, Did you ever find Nemo? For the first time in Disneyland fireworks history, Nemo will just keep swimming, just keep swimming in the skies above Sleeping Beauty Castle as the Matterhorn is transformed into the fiery peak of Mount Wanahakalugi from the Finding Nemo movie. The Disneyland Resort launched Diamond Day Sweepstakes on May 22nd and it will continue through September 11th. Weekly prizes include a one-carat authentic diamond custom engraved for Disney. Paired with a stay in the Disney Dream Suite, a clear crystal Cinderella slipper with a diamond and topaz pendant, and a private experience in the park, such as a party in Fantasyland or a romantic cruise aboard the Mark Twain Riverboat. The available prizes will vary every week. Daily prize winners must be present on the Disneyland Resort premises at the time of entry and at the time of prize redemption in order to be able to join these special experiences and theme park admission is not necessary to enter or win the sweepstakes. Visit Disneyland.com slash Diamond Days for more details. The Disneyland Resort now has interactive entertainment and guests are strongly encouraged to join the daily Diamond March Along on Main Street USA with the Disneyland band and characters. Love Dapper Dance Quartet? Join them for a diamond sing-along daily on Main Street. Disney California Adventure is also inviting guests to dream along with Mickey and the Red Car Newsboys. Visit Buena Vista Street to hear Mickey sing a new song about his vision of the happiest place on Earth and dance along with Goofy and the Newsboys. Richard M. Sherman has written two original songs to accompany the Disneyland Forever-themed fireworks show, Live the Magic, and the closing song, A Kiss Goodnight, will be performed by Broadway's Mary Poppins, Ashley Brown. As we mentioned at the top of the show, our great friend, new daddy and podcast sponsor Randy Crane, joined us last night to discuss his recent adventures at the huge Star Wars celebration at Disneyland. Enjoy! Well, we want to welcome back our baby daddy. <laughs> our good friend Randy Crane has come back, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to do this without nodding off because, you know, newborn doesn't the newborns don't allow you to get much sleep, right, Randy? That's true. And just for the record, I'm not your baby daddy. I am the daddy of a baby. I, just, I don't want to start any rumors here. <laughs> Oh, yes. daddy, daddy, please. <laughs> yeah, so this is the first time we've talked to you since her birth. Um, yeah. I know that we have talked about it on the podcast, but do you want to share anything? 
You really want to start me down that path? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> My goodness. So does she uh, does she get her own um, annual passport yet? Uh, no, she doesn't need it quite yet, but she will get one when the time comes. I'm sure. Awesome. We'll start saving up now for it. Well, if she, you know, when when she's ready to book her vacation, I know a good travel agent. <laughs> <laughs> really, you'll have to tell me about him later. Yeah. Yes, we'll definitely do that. Yeah. So, how is honestly though? How, how is how is parenthood? It's good. Adara is such a good baby most of the time. She gets she gets upset when she has to go to sleep because she just <laughs> likes being awake. But most of the time she's really, you know, genial and happy and alert. I mean, this little girl has been holding her head up, not fully, but raising it up and supporting it like they say they're supposed to do it two or three months. She's been doing that since literally the day she was born. Oh my gosh. So you know, it's just—it's been really amazing to watch, and amazing and sad to see her grow. And yeah. you know, don't even realize until I do side-by-side pictures. And it's like, man, this little girl in seven weeks, she has grown so much. But she's just—we're so happy to have her. We really are. We're so blessed. And most of the time, I think she thinks so too. <laughs> yes. But she's got a temper. She's very strong-willed. So she goes from "Hey, this is great. I'm happy." to this is the worst moment of my entire life, and I'm going to tell everyone about it. It used to be in about five seconds. Now it's about a minute and a half. Well, that's good. She's preparing so. you for when she's a teenager. Oh, my. Right. Or either she's getting it all out of her system now, and when she's a teenager, she's going to be the best kid ever. Oh, we can hope. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, with parents like you two, I, I'm sure she's going to grow up very, very well. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So, what have you got to share with us? You uh, you got to experience something rather fun, and i got to admit, I'm very jealous. I did, and honestly, I didn't think I was going to, because mm-hmm. at the time, Adara was about two and a half weeks old. <laughs> but I actually did get to go to one day of Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. Oh, my gosh. So. And that, that gives a whole new meaning to it now, now that Disney officially owns... You know, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, you could tell it wasn't really overt in most cases, but you could tell that they definitely had the backing and the presence of Disney to support them. So, you know, and having not been to Star Wars weekends, but no, hearing a lot about it, it kind of seemed in some ways like a hugely expanded Star Wars weekends. Wow. Uh, you know, plus, well, maybe take an expanded Star Wars weekends plus the D23 Expo uh, show floor, not so much the arena, but the show floor, and increase that by at least 50%, maybe double it. Holy cow. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So what kind of things did you get to experience? Uh, well, I'll tell you first about the two and a half uh, panels or presentations that I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I only thought I was going to get to one. Because like I said, I only had one day. So I went on Friday. That was April 16th, I think it was. Let me see. Uh, April 17th. And so uh, I showed up. I really had no idea what uh, credential to get in until I got there that morning. So I think I probably arrived about 9.30, 10 o'clock. 
which that just isn't going to work with the D23 <laughs> Expo. But since I didn't expect to be able to go, I went in with no expectations. So anything that happened was a bonus for me. Cool. Um, so I was able to kind of wander around the show floor for a little bit. And then Ray Park was the first presentation oh in uh, the arena. Darth Maul. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I thought, okay, well, I really want to see him. The one after him was going to be Carrie Fisher. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And there was an hour between the end of his and the start of hers. Uh, there's no way I'm going to get to see both. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm probably, I don't want to spend three hours of my life of the one day that I have here in line for Carrie Fisher's presentation. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go see Ray Parks. That'll be fun. And so I got in line 35, 40 minutes before the the presentation and I was down on the floor seating in the arena, uh, not terribly far from the stage. It was, it didn't fill up. It got reasonably full, but it didn't pack it out. Uh, and they had a few more seats than usual, uh, for what the expo does. The expo usually uses about 4,500 seats in the arena and uh, celebration was using about 5,000 of them. (laughs) So they bumped it a little bit. Uh, so I, I got to go in there for that. And of course they had shown the trailer, uh, or the teaser, whatever they're calling it, the day before. And they showed it in the arena. Uh, they From what they said the next day, they brought in special sound equipment and everything for it. And so they weren't allowed to show it again the next day. So when I'm in there for the Ray Park panel, they've got uh, DJ Elliott and Mark Daniel that are kind of doing the pre-show mm-hmm. warm-up kind of thing. And DJ Elliott played the Chewy We're Home line. <laughs> <laughs> which that was cool to hear, but you know, that was all we got. Um, and so I did get to hear, you know, get to see and hear Ray Park's panel, which was hosted, moderated by James Arnold Taylor. Oh, so you know, the voice of Obi-Wan yeah. in the clone wars and a bunch of other things. When he came out, he introduced himself and did kind of the three minutes or so out of his one man. Sh- he goes through the voices that he's done and goes, goes from one to the other. So he does like, 50 or 60 voices in three minutes. Wow. It's really something. And shortly before James Arnold Taylor came out, they actually did something which I'd never seen anybody do this, but I guess this is a standard thing at Celebration. Uh, they say, you know, we're all about the fans. And so when they're loading in the arena, they go to the very back of the line and they pick the 10 or so people at the very back of the line and bring them up to special seats that are actually on stage. Oh, my gosh. So if you were going to be the last ones in or maybe not even get in, now you get to actually sit on the stage sideways. So you're kind of perpendicular to the audience facing, uh, in this case, James Arnold Taylor and Ray Park. And they come over, and while they're wandering around the stage talking, they come over and they're talking right to the these 10 or 12 people for part of it and that kind of thing. So. That's that the time when really it's good to be fashionably late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that and I thought, I want to be at the back of the line for the next one. <laughs> but then I would be like the 11th person and I still wouldn't get in. <laughs> so, Or I'd get in, I'd be the last person let in before that group and I'd be way up in the corner somewhere. Uh, so anyway, Ray Park came out and he talked about his training before getting into movies and about what it was like for him to do star Wars. Uh, and a lot of the stunt work, like he said that when he was growing up, he saw all of those martial arts movies Mm -hmm. 
and thought that that was just so amazing. What he didn't know is that the actors and the stuntmen were on wires. And so a lot of those acrobatics and things they were doing was wire work. He didn't know that. So he trained himself to do it without wires. Oh, my gosh. So all the stuff you see Darth Maul do in Phantom Menace, that's not wire work. He actually is doing those things. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And he's trained in, I think, six or eight different uh, forms of martial arts. And he talked about how he uses those in the movies and you know in the different stunt work that he does. Uh, and some of how he got to have some input in uh, some of the things that Darth Maul did as far as his stances and the way that he would fight. Uh, and my favorite story, I think, was talking about the scene where spoiler alert, where Qui-Gon cuts, or excuse me, where uh, Obi-Wan cuts Darth Maul in half. Mm -hmm. And he said he knew there was going to be a close-up on his face, and he thought, what look would someone get on their face if they've been cut in (laughs) half? You know, he didn't really have anything to draw on for that, and so he considered it, and the best expression he could come up with is sort of the one that you get on your face when you have to go to the bathroom really bad, (laughs) and you're trying to hold it. (laughs) And so when you see that close-up of Darth Maul and he has that look on his face, that's what Ray Park is thinking. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, they showed that scene. And when he gets cut in half and falls down that ventilation shaft, they overlaid it with it a sound of a toilet flushing. (laughs) So, yeah, I see that scene totally differently now. (laughs) Yeah, now i got to go back and watch uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of those kinds of things. And uh, well, something else they do at Celebration in the main arena presentations, at least that James Arnold Taylor does when he's hosting these things, is they create, uh, can't remember what they call it, but it's basically like fake photo opportunities. Oh. And so he had a lightsaber and Ray Park had a lightsaber and they posed with Ray cutting him in half and running him through. And so like they would, they would um, you know, form that pose and then they would tell everybody, okay, take your pictures. <laughs> and so you could get those pictures and then you, know, you could go home and Photoshop whatever you want to with it. So uh, they, they did a couple of those at the end, which was fun. But That's he was cool. really interesting. Yeah. And he's a very humble guy. Yeah. He's just so, you know, amazed still that he got to be a part of all of this. Uh, And it hasn't gotten old. It hasn't worn off. Um, And he's incredibly physically talented. I mean, he shows off on stage a lot of what he does and explains it as he's doing it. So it's very impressive to watch. Uh, So I got to see that one. And when it was over, I came out. And the line for Carrie Fisher looked pretty long, but it, the line wasn't full. The you know, key area they'd set up wasn't full. So I thought, well, you know what? It starts in about a half an hour or so. I'll get in line. Worst thing that can happen is I've used up a half an hour and I don't get in. Right. Right after I got in line, they started letting us in. I was in the arena seated 20 minutes before the show started. And I'm, even though I was farther back, I think I actually had a better view than I did for when I was in there for Ray Park. Mm. So I actually got to see both of those uh, panels. That's amazing. I would love to see Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. She is fun. Um, she is a character. Yeah, yeah. She's got a wicked sense of humor. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of tries to be family-friendly, but not really <laughs> all that family-friendly, I guess. Uh, there Probably, I think the... Th- the one section 
that really encapsulated the whole thing for me was James had told her that uh, Princess Leia had kissed an awful lot of guys in these three movies. And he said, we've put together a, um, a clip package of all of these. And she's like, really? Okay. So they run that. Now it's on the big screen up in the arena. There's also a little TV screen sitting between James and whoever he's interviewing. So they can just kind of turn their heads and look at it and see what's going on. So they start running it. She decides she doesn't really want to look at it there. So she sits on the floor so she can look up at the big screen. (laughs) (laughs) And then when it's over, she gets back up and she says, I had no idea I kissed that many guys. (laughs) Wow. I was really a space slut. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, she told some great stories, uh, and they did some audience questions that she really got into. She couldn't quite hear one of them, so she just got out of her seat and walked over to the edge of the stage and knelt down and leaned over so she could hear better. Uh, and then stayed there to answer the question and gave the person who asked the question a hug. And uh, when she kind of came back across the stage. A little bit after that, James says, I never do this, but I was given these custom Princess Leia tennis shoes, and would you sign them for me? And she says, give me a pen, gets down on her hands and knees, and signs his shoes. <laughs> uh, her dog comes over, because she's got, she's got her dog with her. Mm-hmm. And so he comes over, and they're both right there. And James reaches down, I think, to help her up. Or maybe give her a hug or something, but he gets a hug and then gets pulled down on the floor and she like rolls on top of him. (laughs) (laughs) He got up and he says, usually we do that fake photo opportunity (laughs) this time. (laughs) Um, And a story, I'll tell you one other one that she told that was fun that people who aren't, you know, who are kind of more fans of the original trilogy. Oh, yeah. uh, They were, of course, in London doing this filming and she was staying at i'm trying to remember the the name of the guy he's uh, one of the guys from monty python oh uh, I John say, I think no i think it's actually eric idle oh eric idle okay uh, he was renting it to her because he was supposed to be out of town mm-hmm. but then he came back in town so she's living in his house while he's staying there but she then he decides to invite the rolling stones over oh for a party God. She's like, don't you just hate it when that happens, you know? (laughs) And they've got an early call the next day. But she's like, early call, Rolling Stones. Early call, Rolling Stones. Both! (laughs) So she calls Harrison Ford and says, the Rolling Stones are here. You've got to get over here now. (laughs) So he comes over. And she said that there's been stories told about that night and the next day. And they say that people, you know, that the two of them came to the set hungover and everything. Said, we weren't hungover. We hadn't finished drinking (laughs) long enough back to be hungover. Uh, And she doesn't, she said that she doesn't drink. She uh, has alternatives or had alternatives. Yeah. Uh, And so she said, I had what you might call an allergic reaction to the alcohol. Other people might call it alcoholism. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So by the time they were done and they left to come to the set, they were both very, very happy. Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) So in the scene in Empire Strikes Back, where they get off the Millennium Falcon in Cloud City, and Princess Leia and Han Solo are both just smiling and very happy, that's why. Because they just come from a party with the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and she said every time that they would film that scene with um, 
oh man, I'm blanking on his name. I have such a bad Star Wars fan right now. Uh, Lando Calrissian. Oh, Lando, yeah. Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Every time they would film that scene where he kisses her hand, she said as he would lean in, he would also tell her a, a naughty joke. <laughs> and so she would laugh. And then they couldn't use the take. Yeah. And he did it every single time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would love to so, see some of that. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of those kinds of stories. Uh, we didn't really get anything about the new movie. She said she was sort of afraid to say anything. Yeah. Uh, before they started filming, she told somebody, and she doesn't even remember who now, that she was going to be out of town for about six months. That's all she said. And like the next day, somebody from Lucasfilm called her and said, now, Carrie, we can't be saying things like that. She's like, what did I say? <laughs> I didn't tell them what I was doing or anything. So uh, when James asked, he says, you know, we've all seen the trailer now a few times and you know, some of us a hundred times. Uh, and there's that scene where Luke says, my sister has it, referring to the Force, and somebody is handing someone else a lightsaber. Are you the one handing it or the one receiving it? And she said, I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> mine's the younger looking hand. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's kind of all we got. Um, but we did, actually, before both presentations, I'd forgotten about this, they did this neat little sort of guest uh, costume parade where if you were there and dressed as the character that the person who was going to be interviewed plays, then you were invited to come up and they did a little parade across the stage with everybody who had come up who was dressed as that character. So the first time we had a half a dozen Darth Mauls, we had probably 40 Princess Leias in you know the varying outfits. We had some from the first movie. We had some Slave Leia. We had some from Endor. And we had one Padme Amidala <laughs> for some reason. Like she should have known better than to come up. Yeah. But whatever. She came up and she owned it, and that was great. Um uh, so so much packed into both of those presentations. So you got to show off your you got to show off your gold bikini then. I did. I wasn't going to go up, but the people sitting next to me made me. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's very striking, Randy. With you know, I mean, the gold bikini top with the hair sticking out—that's just awesome. Right. You, you got to own it. You got to really just <laughs> embrace it if you're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> So I did, like I said, I got to go to those two presentations. Didn't think I was going to get into Carrie's, but I did. I took probably 30 or 40 pictures in each one. I took video in both uh, with my phone, uh, and I was able to post a good portion of that to the Stories of the Magic Facebook page. Cool. So I actually had decent enough connection that I was able to do some live posting while I was there. Uh, unlike at the D23 Expo last time where the connection was just awful. But oh, yeah. I think it's gotten better in the convention center. So I'm looking forward to how it's going to be at the Expo. Cool. Should be able to do more live stuff. Um, and then I didn't really have anything else lined up that I knew I wanted to do for a few hours. So I just kind of walked around the show floor and they had quite a few displays set up that were done by a fan group of sets from the films or in a couple of cases from the trailer. Like they had one from the force awakens trailer. Uh, that's that. I don't even know how to just really describe it. That kind of big speeder that's on, looks like probably on Tatooine, mm -hmm. the sort of orangish colored one. 
uh, you know, one of the women rides. They had that set up so you could go and you could actually climb up and get on it and have your picture taken there. Uh, they had built the Moss Eisley Cantina. Oh. They had the Rancor Monster. Um, they had about a third to half size ad at that you could get your, you know, you could go up to and take a picture with just incredible stuff. These, these people had done amazing work. Um, and star Wars battlefront looked like from what I could tell it, uh, debuted that day. Mm-hmm. And there was a line that had started, I think I was told about seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning to get in, I guess, to play the game. <laughs> and it wasn't officially being unveiled until noon. Oh my gosh. So, you know, people were using a few hours of their Star Wars celebration experience to wait in line to go in and play the game on the day it was released there. And I'm sure they had a really nice setup, but I was not going to wait in line for that. No, I, uh, you know, I like to video, I like to play video games, but I, I don't think I would have wasted time doing that. Yeah. You know, I got a really cool rubber bracelet from the uh, Disney Interactive, I think it's Disney Interactive booth, where they were promoting Star Wars Commander. Oh, the cool. iPhone app. And so I got a bracelet from that because I already have it on my phone and I play it sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I got to, to do that. Uh, see what, what other, all kinds of, uh, you know, fan vendors, you know, things that weren't official Star Wars Lucasfilm things. I, there was a massive t-shirt, uh, booth set up and a pretty good size costume booth set up. Uh, Ashley Eckstein was had her her universe booth there. Yeah. Um, you know, Lego was there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You could wait in line and build a little Lego figure or you know, uh, you know, vehicle or something like that. And then they were also building a larger Lego figure, and so you could come up and you know get your little set of pieces that you could put onto the figure to help build this that they were building over the course of the expo or of the celebration. Um, and uh, I made it up to one of the the podcast uh, stage presentations or uh, sessions, I guess you could call it, because uh, they had the you know pod- this one room set up for podcasters. Mm-hmm. From the one that I was in, I think they said that they actually applied like five months ago to get it, uh, and then you you know it was a pretty big deal to be able to go through, and they had ones in there all day so i got to go into and uh hang out and watch the stock watch skywalking through neverland oh yeah yeah that's a cool that's a cool thing mm-hmm. so i was in there for that live show that they then released uh, which was a lot of fun i i wouldn't want to do it with my show uh you know at the d23 expo if they do something like that or at celebration or anything it it was fun but it just kind of seemed like a lot of work yeah uh, and I like to experience these things. That's one reason I'm not going to have a booth at the D23 Expo because then I miss everything. Exactly, exactly. I mean, as long as you've got like a portable recorder and if you've got an iPhone or something like that, you've got a portable recorder. Right. You take that around and, and you could basically get all the material you need for several podcast episodes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's what I did two years ago. That's what I'm going to do again this year. Yeah. Uh, but there was... There was one thing that I actually saved for last, and so I'll save it for last as I'm describing this, too. But <laughs> let me see if there's anything, any of the, um, before I got to the costume contest that I went in t- uh, to watch some of that, 
Let me see if there's anything else I missed. I don't think there really is. Uh, obviously, a lot of cosplay. Oh yeah, uh, happening, and some people really, really good job, uh, and some great, really interesting mashups. Um, there was a Jedi. I think it was a Jedi Elsa. <laughs> which was pretty cool. <laughs> like she's yeah, yeah. not. She's not bad enough. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Give her Jedi powers. <laughs> yeah. Jedi powers to go with her ice powers. Yeah. Oh, one thing I did forget about the Ray Park panel. And from what I understand, he does this at most, if not all of them. But I thought this was just a really neat thing. Um, he wanted to show off some of the moves that he does, you know, that he did in the movie. And as he was talking about the training, he was using things like a broom handle and toilet plungers, because that's the kind of things he practiced with growing up. <laughs> you know, but for the movie stuff, they wanted to use an, a lightsaber. Well, darn, for some reason, they didn't have a double-bladed lightsaber, you know, uh, toy, as it were, yeah. up there on the stage. They had a blue one, the you know, regular one. They didn't have the double-bladed red one. So I said, does anybody in the audience have one? And of course, you know, probably a couple dozen people did, but there was a little kid up front, I don't know, maybe six years old or so, that had one. And so he brought it up, and Ray Park used it, and they went through all the stuff that they were doing. And then he says, okay, well, let me give it back to you. Wait, before I do, and he grabs a pen, and he kneels down on the stage, and he signed this kid's double-bladed oh, lightsaber. Oh, my gosh. And he was there for probably a minute signing. So he didn't just whip out his name real quick and hand it off. He wrote, I don't know how much on there and handed it back. And then James was like, you might not want to collapse that for a while. <laughs> yeah, really? So that was, that was one of my favorite things that he did. I thought that was really, really cool of That's him. That's very class. That's very classy. Yeah. Um, and so as I'm walking around the show floor, they also had some R2 units. There's a Droid Builders Club that was there. And so several of them, I think had these, but I saw a couple as I was uh, walking around that, you know, remote controlled, but fully articulated sound and everything, <laughs> uh, you know, R2 units, full size rolling around the show floor, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting and, you know, kind of exciting to be right there with them. Yeah. Um, and so then I do, did go into the costume contest for a little while to watch because I didn't have a lot of time left but I did go in and there were some pretty impressive uh, imp uh, costumes that were there I felt bad for one girl because she was dressed as uh, or kind of a modified costume of Princess Leia mm -hmm. and the hair buns she had crocheted a covering for them now the guys who were doing the kind of hosting of the costume and D. Bradley Baker. And D is the one talking about this costume. And, you know, he's done all these, like, remember he did like all of the clone trooper voices mm -hmm. and he's just done so many voices. So this is a guy who knows how to read a script and everything. And he gets to that word. And instead of saying crocheted, he says crocheted. <laughs> <laughs> And Jim was like, what? <laughs> uh, one of the judges for this, she about fell out of the chair laughing. <laughs> and they had to explain to him it was crocheted. And then that was a running joke for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> and every time he tried to say something about it or apologize for it or something, he just dug himself in deeper. <laughs> so it, it did not go well. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 
you know, but she had done really good costumes, so I kind of <laughs> felt bad for her uh, to kind of have her thunder stolen there, but it was still really funny. Yeah. Uh, and for the armored troopers, they had one guy who was, I, th- I think he was dressed as a Mandalorian, not as a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. but it was a Mandalorian Wolverine mashup. Oh my gosh. So it was the Mandalorian armor colored like Wolverine with the added kind of wing type, you know, the black things along the side of the head. Cause it was the classic black yellow costume right? with the claws. Nice. And so that was a really, really cool costume. I took a couple pictures of that cause I really liked that one. And then there was one guy who was dressed as Boba Fett being rescued from the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> he came out as the Sarlacc pit. And as they're talking and every, you know, describing the costume and how it was made and everything, then, you know, he can start to come out and Boba Fett kind of claws his way out of the Sarlacc pit. So it was part costume, part performance art. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I went to something that I had an appointment for that I was really looking forward to. I'd been invited over to the, uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, what was the name of the the company? Uncle Milton. That mm. was it. The Uncle Milton booth. And they've done the uh, the 20 questions kind of uh, thing where it's a little handheld device that can you know, asks you the basic 20 questions type of thing mm-hmm. for whatever category. And so this is a Star Wars one. You can actually even play it online. I think it's still up. It's at starwars.20q.net slash play. That's 20q. starwars.20q.net slash play. And so I stood there and played it for a little bit, and I picked Salacious Crumb, because he's my favorite character from Return of the Jedi. And I was like, there's no way that you're going to guess this. And I think it took 16 questions, and he got it. Wow. Yeah. And when once it gets it, then it goes back, and for the ones that you answered differently than most people do, it'll say, for this one, most people give this answer, so that you know. Um, and because there was a couple where it asked, and I was just like, I have no idea. I think, I, I think one of the questions was like, does it, does it fly? <laughs> I don't think so, but I think it has wings, so maybe it can. And so I answered, I don't know. And it turned out, I think, the majority of people that answered that question answered that, yes, it could. Mm. Uh, so, But the main thing I was there for was something called uh, the Jedi Trainer. It was actually called Force Trainer 2 mm-hmm. is the official name of it. And uh, it's 120 bucks, or it will be when it comes out in the fall. And it's this little um, uh, plastic kind of... Uh, not quite a, a cube... It's kind of got slanted sides, and one side is basically open. And it works with any tablet device, because once it comes out, you'll buy this, and then you uh, download, uh, then you lay the tablet on top of this device. And when, as the app runs, it then takes the image on the tablet, picks it up, and turns it into a three-dimensional hologram displayed in this unit. And then it also comes with a headset, you put the headset on, uh, it's got a piece that sits on your forehead, and then you clip it to your, I think, left ear. Or at least in my case, it was my left ear. And then the idea is that you use your brain waves to control the hologram. 
That's so, insane. Yeah. And it's a, the idea is you relax and focus. Uh, so kind of like being a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and I did it well enough that I actually got to do two of them. So the first one was Luke's X-Wing that had uh, crashed into the Dagobah swamp. Uh-huh. And now it's a kind of the typical blue hologram image, so it's not full color yet right. anyway. Um, but you could tell what it was supposed to, you know, what was going on there. It was clearly a, an X-Wing partially submerged in something. And so you had to relax and focus. And if you did, then Luke's X-Wing would raise up out of the water. And so I did that, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then the next one was three droids. Um, and if you did the same thing, relax and focus, then you could force push them back. <laughs> and so I did that too. It was deceptively simple, but it was really fun. Like I thought this is going to be kind of silly. I'm just going to stand here and what <laughs> if it doesn't work and all that. But I did those two. I'm like, I want to do more. <laughs> You know, and it's going to have multiple levels. So, like, you start at, uh, you know, Padawan to Jedi Knight to Jedi Master. So it's got, it's got ten different levels. You can get guidance and instruction from Master Yoda, and then after it comes out, they're going to release additional challenges that you can download on updated versions of the app. And it's even going to tie in with the new movies as they're released. That's going to be cool. Yeah. I was so glad that I got to participate in that. I think a lot of people walked by that booth, but it was really cool for anybody that, that stopped to do it. And I, I did see some other people that were, I wouldn't say they had trouble with it, but they had to take some more time to focus and relax <laughs> and concentrate, you know? The little so, brains. <laughs> right. So it's probably going to be really good practice too, because you know I can imagine using that not just for a fun game, but as like a relaxation exercise. Yeah. yeah. Like I have to sit or stand or whatever, and calm myself down and focus on this one thing. Do that for five minutes. That would be really really cool. That's a that's a great idea. That that really is. I remember the first um, the force uh, trainer that that. It was quite a few years ago, I think it was. Um, oh, maybe it was like five years ago when they came out with the first version of this, and it was just, it was, it was kind of the same thing. There was a box, um, but it had a ball in it, and you okay. had the the thing, you know, the thing that you put on your head, and using your mind, you raised the ball. I guess what it did was like turn on the uh, turn on a rush of air or something. Mm-hmm. So they, it sounds like they really improved it. Yeah, yeah. And the official description, because uh, the, they're describing what you can do with it, it says, imagine that you could raise an X-Wing from the Dagobah Swamp, just like Luke Skywalker. Battle Darth Vader or build your own lightsaber with just the power of your mind. So that's just three of the challenges that are part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to get one right away when it comes out, but... <laughs> Well, actually, it doesn't matter because I don't have a tablet. I only I, they specifically said it works for with tablet devices. Ah. So, but I would say, having done it, that for people who have a tablet, keep your eye out for when it comes out and check it out. I think it's going to be really something else. I think people are going to really like it. Um, so, I got to spend the time there uh, and do that at the Uncle Milton booth, and then I went over to the last thing that I had time to do today or that day, which was a small relatively speaking, portion of Stephen Sansweet's collection from Rancho Obi-Wan. Nice. And what he had brought was just fan-created uh, items. 
So there were some clothing type items. There were games. Somebody had built the 3D or the holographic um, chess set from the Millennium Falcon. Somebody had built that table. Um, There were plates. There were Mickey ears that were done up uh, with uh, different Star Wars related uh, designs and things. Uh, There was one huge painting that was all mostly anyway scenes from Star Wars but it was then had other little callouts in it tying into other myths and stories uh and there was even a couple of hidden disney things in it <laughs> um like there was Donald Duck as a stormtrooper cool kind of a little figure in part of it but it referenced i think Shakespeare and uh some of the other modern sci-fi stuff and uh, you know other kind of like historical fiction type things it was really really well done, and the artist happened to be standing there when I was looking at it, so I didn't have a chance to talk to him because he was engaged with a couple other people, but I got to hear a lot of that conversation. Uh, so really well done. There was some wooden figure or wooden uh, sculptures of things that you wouldn't expect to be wood, <laughs> like a lightsaber hilt or the Millennium Falcon. Um, or or the Winnebago from uh, oh from, from Spaceballs. Spaceballs yeah yeah made out of wood <laughs> so you know oh and seeing that few uh, people dressed you know cosplaying as Spaceballs things oh I love Spaceballs which then yeah and that was really fun uh, the most fun was there were some people there there was a few groups of them but I saw one in particular that was cosplaying Star Trek really. And they were totally in character. Like whenever I saw them walking around the show floor, they had this really confused look on their face (laughs) and they kept talking to each other like, I think we're on the wrong planet. So they were totally playing it as we are Star Trek people and we beam down to this place and this is not at all where we think we're (laughs) supposed to be. It was really funny. So it must have been hard to keep that up all day, but you know, they did. And it, it was really fun to see that. It was so fun to see the fans getting into it that way. I mean, they do that at the D23 Expo too, but it was somehow it was just a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, you know, at celebration. A whole different breed of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so is uh, this something that they that that they're going to do regularly now? They do it every year and they change the location. It's been in Orlando a couple of years. Uh they brought it out here this year, they already announced and have, in fact, have already put tickets on sale for next year's Star Wars celebration in London. So <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to make it to that one. No, <laughs> no I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So the one this year, they had that in conjunction with the the marathon, didn't they? Yeah. It it wasn't exactly in conjunction with. It was month before. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because the, uh, the Star Wars Half Marathon weekend was in January, and then the next nearest race weekend was Tinkerbell weekend, mm-hmm. and that was Mother's Day weekend. Okay. Uh, and this was mid-April. So, And believe me, they had plenty uh, of things tied up. I don't think you could have run a race course through <laughs> all of this. So, uh, again, because there were people outside, I mean, you know, camping out and everything like you'd expect. People started camping out at least 10 o'clock the night before. Mm-hmm for the first day for the force awakens panel. Um, and in fact, JJ Abrams and Kathleen Kelly were staying at one of the nearby hotels or something, looked out the window and saw all of these people in line. And like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> They're probably hungry. 
So they ordered pizza for the line. Oh my gosh. Like suddenly pizza delivery people showed up with dozens of pizzas. That is awesome. Uh-huh. So for all you people out there who poo-poo on J.J. Abrams, he's a cool guy. Right. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm I, personally looking forward to to uh, The Force Awakens. I think it's going to be an I, awesome movie. I think they really, uh, from what I've seen and from what I know of how J.J. Abrams feels about Star Wars – uh, and some of the things that he's done on set, I really think that it's going to be a great movie. I think so, yeah. too. Just with the practical effects. Apparently, like I say, I wasn't there for the Force Awakens panel. But along with several of the actors that came out to talk and answer, well, not really answer questions, but mostly to talk, um, they brought out BB-8. Oh, really? Yeah, the like rollerball droid. Yeah, it's he's going to be the new fun one. Yeah, and he is not CG. No, I know. And so, you know, when they they brought him out, they're like, "Here you go. He is a, an actual practical, physical character," which I think is one of the things that's going to make such a big difference. I think so too. Oh, and I'll tell you something. I really wish I'd been able to come back for to stay for that night that I was that Friday night. Uh, it was six thirty is when they were doing it. They had a double feature panel in the arena. The first hour was going to be James Arnold Taylor doing his one-man show talking to myself. <laughs> and then the second hour was going to be this guy who said, you know, you may have heard of him. He had this little role in the first movies, this Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was a two-hour thing with James Arnold Taylor and then Mark Hamill. So wish I could have been there for that. No kidding. That would have been, that would have been worth spinning in line for hours. Mark Hamill yeah. is just an amazing guy. He is, absolutely. But again, since I didn't expect to get to go at all, I really just counted my blessings that I got to see what I did. Yeah. And it was so unstressful. Since I had no expectations <laughs> and no I have to see these all of the different booths and everything. Yeah. Anything I got to was great. Anything I didn't get to, well, it was okay. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle the expo that way, the D23 expo, but I kind of wish I could. <laughs> I was... I had so much fun, and I was still kind of so relaxed by the end of the day. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you had a really great time, a spur-of-the-moment type thing. Yeah, I did. I really did. Well, thanks for sharing this stuff with us, Randy. Um, I'm always up for a chat about anything Star Wars. You know that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I know. So am I. Yeah. So uh, have you got anything else that you want to share or you know, maybe promote while you're here? Um, well, I will mention briefly just that the 2016 itineraries for Disney Cruise Line are out. They were just released in the last week or so. So if you're planning to take a Disney Cruise in 2016, now's the time to start looking at getting a quote. And, you know, you put down your deposit. It's like 20% of the total cruise fare. Uh, balance in general depends on the cruise, but I think it's about 60 days for the most part. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, and, yeah, and up until then, it's fully refundable. And believe me, it's never going to be cheaper than it is right now. Whichever <laughs> sailing you pick, it's not going to get cheaper. Yeah. Some people wait for those last-minute things. Don't wait for that on Disney. Yeah. They're super popular, <laughs> and they've only got four ships. I mean, <laughs> really, what do you expect? So, you know, put the deposit down now, and if you decide you don't want to do it later, we'll cancel it later. That's fine. How but can then people get a hold of you to do this? Uh, the easiest way to get in touch with me for something like this is going to be to go to my website. And I actually have a slightly different URL now. So, Alan Joyce, you're going to want to write this down, too. Uh, <laughs> it is now 
randyc.mouseyearvacations.com. Or you can go to vacationsbyrandy.com and you can click through to any of the Disney stuff from there too. Very cool. Well, Randy, we just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for being such a huge part of uh, Tales from the Mouse House. Um, you know, we've been doing this now for five years. This is our five-year anniversary. Um, in fact, it's probably just about a week later than our actual five years, huh, Joyce? Yep. Yeah, and Randy's been a big part of it for a majority of the time. And we're just uh, we're, we're so pleased to have you as part of the Tales family and uh, anybody out there, you know, we're telling you right now, if you need a travel agent, don't look anywhere else. Just contact Randy. Randy does what he says he do- he's going to do, and, and he does a great job at it. Well, thank you. It's certainly my pleasure to be part of the Tales family. And happy anniversary. Happy five-year anniversary. That's huge. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, anytime you got something to share, just give us a shout, and, uh, you know, the mic's always yours. I will. I'm planning to go to Disneyland in a couple of weeks to at least catch the Disneyland part of the 60th anniversary uh, nighttime offerings so I can see the parade and the fireworks. Very cool. And then I'll be at the, D- at least I'm planning to be at the D23 Expo a couple months later. That'd be awesome. We'd love to, we'd love to hear a, a review on some of that nighttime stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be happy to. All right. Thanks, Randy. Okay, thank you. The Disneyland Resort is a place of incredible magic. Each day, thousands of visitors pass through the gates into a wondrous land of enchantment. But did you know that there are many, many hidden wonders that most visitors never notice? In this segment, we'll discuss what we like to call the hidden treasures of the Disneyland Resort. Inside of one of our favorite restaurants at the Disneyland Resort is where you'll find this hidden treasure. Inside the Storyteller's Cafe, along all the walls, you'll see giant paintings made up of small tiles. Just above the serving line, you'll see a painting of a girl sitting by a tree reading a book. If you look closely to the girl's right, you'll see Tinkerbell tapping her wand on the page. Did you know that Paint the Night's Tinkerbell float design includes a tribute to the drum unit that led the classic Main Street Electrical Parade from 1972 to 1996 in Disneyland? Tinkerbell's wand is handmade and is capped by a rosette from the original 1972 Main Street Electrical Parade. That's cool, and I would like to see that sometime. <laughs> Rides. Shows. This is Attraction Reviews on Tales from the Mouse House, Disneyland Podcast. My attraction review is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Now, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was operational on opening day in 1955, and 60 years later is still a guest favorite. But the storyline is not the one from 1955. In 1983, the attraction gave Toad Hall a new look with a focus on the wind in the willows. The journey takes you along the countryside, a shipping dock, a warehouse, the streets of London, through Winky's Pub, around Town Square, in a court where you're found guilty, and then you get thrown in jail. Of course... We break out of jail and follow the train tracks, but sadly get hit by a train and go to hell. 
this scene is kind of scary, and in my opinion, it's not suitable for young children. Now, this attraction isn't a must-ride for me, but when we do ride it, I mean, it's just, it's okay. So, there are no height restrictions, but it is dark. There's, it's very loud, um, lots of spins, and like I said earlier, it can be scary for younger children. And so, me. Yes. So, I give Mr. Toad's Wild Ride three out of five Disney diamonds, and mainly because, you know, it is one of the original attractions, even though it was rethemed. Um, but it's still an okay. So you're going the diamonds route, huh? I'm going yeah. the diamonds. You said a cuss word. No, I didn't. It's a place. Oh. So many choices, so many great places. In this segment, we'll discuss places to satisfy those hunger attacks and help you get back to the magic. Located right at the checkpoint entrance to Disneyland from downtown Disney, La Brea Bakery Express is the perfect place to grab the quick but very good breakfast before heading into the park for the day or even to come back for a quick lunch. Serving pretty simple dishes like salads, sandwiches, and even calzones, La Brea Express is as good as the sit-down full-service counterpart La Brea Bakery right next door. Joyce and I have actually dined here a few times because it's just so darn good and so very close to the park entrances. But on our last visit to Disneyland about, was it 12 years ago? <laughs> okay, maybe not that long, but it sure feels like it's been 12 years. We hit Express up for breakfast one day and then lunch the next. So on this episode, I'll cover the breakfast visit since. Well, I love breakfast food, don't I? Yep. I love breakfast. We love it, precious. <laughs> okay, all right. Back on. Okay. Right. So, on our breakfast visit, we decided to try Express because we were running kind of late and the line for La Brea was huge. I'm talking, it was about a 45-minute wait to get seated. And we wanted to get into the parks as quickly as possible. To be honest, I kind of had my doubts thought maybe all they'd have would be like a selection of donuts and pastries, but I was wrong. Doesn't happen very often. Occasionally, yes, I'm wrong, and <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. But I'll deny it, that I admitted it. And they actually have a, a decent selection. Um, instead of just, you know, donuts and pastries, they actually have things like bagels, breakfast sandwiches, and even waffles. The time we went for breakfast, I ordered the bacon and egg croissant sandwich, and let me tell you, it was really good. Not just a little tiny sandwich either. This was a pretty good portion of food, and it actually filled me up. It came with La Brea's awesome breakfast potatoes. Trust me, if you haven't had them, you need to visit. There's something about those breakfast potatoes that just get me going. Potatoes. And uh, I got a cup of Starbucks coffee. Now, remember, this was before they had an actual Starbucks in the park. Right? That's right. Way back in the day when we had to walk two miles uphill both ways. <laughs> and Joyce had the waffles with fruit, which uh, admittedly was a bit messy, but she said the waffles were really good. And again, not a tiny, tiny portion. The fruit was the usual fare, grapes, berries, and of course she had coffee as well. Now remember, like I said, this was a few years ago, so prices I'm sure may be a bit higher, but in total I think we spent about $23. My breakfast was about $9.25 and Joyce's ran about $8.50, and then I think the coffees were like $2 each or something like that. Although it is an express restaurant, 
and they don't have any seating inside, they have some tables set up outside on a first-come, first-served basis. And honestly, it's really kind of fun sitting out there watching people head into the park, thinking, that should be me. I want to go in the park. Can I go in the park, Mommy, please? And as for the quality of food, it's as good as the full service over in the, the regular La Brea, which, in my opinion, is a must-visit restaurant. So, on my scale of, oh wait, you did diamonds, right? Mm -hmm. So, on my scale of one to five diamond corn dogs, I give La Brea Express a five. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Tips from the Mouse House. Planning to stay in the park from opening to close? Here's my advice. Write the popular rides first thing in the morning to beat the crowds. Check the times for the parades and nighttime shows first thing in the morning so you don't miss any must-sees. When your body and or feet get tired, head to the train for the Grand Circle Tour or Enchanted Tiki Room or even to Starbucks for a caffeine fix. More importantly, pace yourself and have fun. Here's a tip for anyone spending more than just a day at the resort. Pick one of those days and leave your phones and your cameras behind. Just spend an entire day just seeing everything as it's happening. I know, if you're like us, it'll be very difficult to leave your cameras behind because we really want to capture the memories to relive later. But trust me, please, just trust me. It's so much more fun to experience those memories while they're happening. Well, that's episode 111 wrapped up in a five-year-old podcast starting on its sixth year of delivering you the magic. Hey, if you have any interesting Disney stories, we want to hear about them. You can send those to us at talespodcast.cox.net. And have you checked out our sponsor, Randy Crane, from Mouse Ear Vacations? You really should, especially if you're thinking about taking a vacation. Now, Randy's a great guy and loves Disney as much as we do. If you're looking for an honest travel agent who can get you the best deal on just about any vacation, give Randy a shout. You can find Randy at www.randyc.mouseearvacations.com or www.vacationsbyrandy.com. And you can read about him on our sponsor page at www.talescast.com. And don't forget to check out, oh heck, subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash talespodcast. We post all kinds of fun videos there and you're not going to want to miss them. You know? You know? Huh? I do know. You know? Yep, yep, yep. And if you're lucky, we may even post some of our old video podcast episodes there. You can also catch the latest episodes of our favorite shows on Stitcher. Podcasts like Take Him With You, Stories of the Magic, Just Because, Inside the VoiceOver Studio, and many more. And be sure to follow us on Twitter for any cool updates or announcements. You can find us at Tales Podcast. And did you know that we have a Facebook fan page? We do. We sure do. Just go to Facebook and search for Tales from the Mouse House Podcast and like us while you're there, please. And if you'd like to submit a review of a Disney movie or maybe an attraction or restaurant, we want to hear them. And please... If you like the show, how about hopping over to iTunes and leave some feedback and ratings for the show? 
We really need your positive feedback and ratings. Five stars would help push the show up so everyone can find it. That's right. As always, if you'd like to send us a comment or just say, Hiya, pal! You can send us an email to talespodcast at cox.net, leave us voicemail on the hotline at 304-TALES23, send us a tweet or message on Facebook, or just think happy thoughts our way. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Storyteller Audio Productions. All Disneyland music and related materials remain the property and copyright of the Disney Company. Thanks for tuning in and welcoming us into your homes and cars. And remember, make, make it, it a Mickey, Mickey day. day. Ho ho! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland is proud to present Tales from the Mouse House, Disneyland Podcast. (laughs) All right, you ready? Ready. What should we do now? Um, Well, since my voice is starting to give out, I think I need to say bye until next time. I think you need to drink some more throat coat. No, I don't like that. It's yucky. It's good tea. I know. Oh, and somebody that recommended that I do a netty. I actually did it and it worked. It did. Wow. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. If there's anything you guys want to share with us about your experience, yeah. we'd love to hear it. We would. Even though this is a really long show, we should, we should probably end it now. Yeah, we should. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. I'm going to hit the stop button. All right. I'm hitting it. All right. This is the end. This is the end. Beautiful friend. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Bye. This is the end.